Craft Beer Radio, episode 252 on June 19th, 2013. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we are doing a whole slew of beers that, uh, full disclosure, we were sent by the brewery. So. Yeah, we got a few beers from Saranac, a few beers from Old Dominion. We're going to give them all a whirl tonight. Not all of them. There's a few more Saranacs that are not going to fit on the show. So I apologize for two things for the last show. Mm. One is starting the show drunk and messing up the sound. <laughs> and the second one is getting even more drunk and making a fool of myself. Well, I don't think anybody cares about the latter. Uh, the, the, the sound is, is the prime issue, and, and we're sorry, and, and we'll, we'll, we're going to pains to make sure that doesn't happen again. We but, explained it in the pre-show, yeah. and uh, if you really care why, but it was just an oversight, and I probably would have noticed that if I was sober at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Hand me your glass, please. Okay. We're going to start off with the Golden Pilsner, Beach House Golden Pilsner from Dominion Brewing. So Dominion is an interesting story, right? You were you were reading. I was up reading that. their history on their Wikipedia, and you might want to go there and read it as well because there's so many twists and turns. I uh, I'm not sure I can get it all right, but you know they were Anheuser Busch was a minority owner, might still be a minority owner of them. Um, back in 2007 or so, they were so- sold to Fordham Brewing Company. And then in 2009, all brewing operations moved to Dover, Delaware. Huh. So they're brewed out of Dover now. Owned by Fordham. The guy who owns Fordham also owns the Ramshead Taverns. They're in the Maryland area. So basically, there's no no more InBev involvement anymore. Oh, actually, they... A little bit, I did mention that a little bit further on. They're, they're talking about how AB InBev was going to give back their minority stakes for continued distribution rights or something, but... Do I think Oak Barrel Stout is what they really... Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. hearing that a long time yeah. ago. That was their big brand. How much was the flagship is today? This is their Beach House Golden Pills. It is a um, Bahamian Pilsner, they say. 5.2% alcohol by volume. Pearl, Tetnanger, and Zotz Hops. The color is a... Straw-colored, yeah. a little bit golden, like the label states. Just a touch... You can see your fingerprint through the glass, mm-hmm. but it's a touch hazy. Just, I don't know if it's... Just a yeah, touch. I, I, I think it's condensation. I, I don't... Well, these, these glasses have weird... Maybe it's also because there's not a straight... There's not yeah. two straight sides to look through also. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's pretty clear. And the aroma... Oh, it's a nice sharp aroma. You get the um, continental hops. You get the Pilsner malt. You get a really good Pilsner malt aroma on that. Smells, which is kind of biscuity, right? There's... Biscuity, and then the hops. Are you getting a little bit of spicy? There's mm, maybe yeah. a just a hint of like lemon zest in the aroma, or something like that. Mm, I, nice and refreshing. Has, has a little bit of a bite to it. The hops. Good. The hops are pretty bright. Pretty mm-hmm. floral. It almost tastes a bit. It's good. I like the balance and everything, but the hops stand out more than you would expect. It almost starts to come across a little bit like an Americanized or an imperial. You know, where the hops are just turned up more than you would expect, right? But I like the balance. But it just—it's different than what I was expecting because yeah, the hops it, are out there. It's, it's a little. It, it it might be strong for a very traditional pilsner style. If you you know if you're doing like your mm-hmm. I don't know your spaten or something like that. But um, it, but I think it, it comes across well, and 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 especially in in a, in a market where where hops sell, mm-hmm. you sometimes have to up the. Hops it it also reminds me of Sly Fox pills. I don't know if you've had that recently, but this mm-hmm. reminds me a bit of Sly Fox. The malts there too. There's like we said some biscuit, mm-hmm. um, sort of like buttered biscuit almost, and. Uh, a, a good a good bitterness in the middle to keep it to keep it honest, but mm-hmm. it also fades right. So I like that. This yeah, is... this is a good pilsner. This is kind of like I like the Bohemian style where they're you know more full, more biscuity, bready. Mm-hmm. I like Bavarian, I like Bavarian ones too, but the um, not Bavarian ones. I'm sorry, misspoke. 
just German pills, right? Yeah. But the Bohemian ones are the ones that uh, I dig. Pilsner Raquel is a Bohemian style Pilsner. Yes, this is this is hoppier than Pilsner Raquel or um, mm-hmm. all those signs, but you know. It, I'm, 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 I keep trying to search for that thing that we used to call lager twang, which we don't really taste anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't really taste. Sometimes you do get it in. I can still taste it in lower quality mm-hmm. lagers, right? But it doesn't. It's not that doesn't taste like, like tastes like a mouthful of tin foil that yeah. I used to taste every sip of Sam Adams pasta lager. You know, it, it's so funny that it goes away because like, you know, when I drink a Boston lager now, I don't even think that's in there. Like, not even. Cl- Close to it, but it used to be the only thing I could taste in that beer. I think it's you get more experience at, at differentiating the, the, the different flavors, and so that combination mm-hmm. flavor doesn't really come out as much. Right. Okay. So, so we're jumping to the other brewery. That's Saranac. This is Saranac R. Kolsch German style ale. <clears throat> this is uh, malted with two row in Munich, it is hopped with pearl. The color they they say is golden. I would. It's not like golden, golden. It's more. I don't know. It's pretty golden, Greg. But you know, I I, I think of golden as slightly darker, just slightly. So what do you give it? Uh dirty straw. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going with golden. It's nice. It's really rich colored. There's not any orange. Twi- you know, I wouldn't call it like. Any, you know, there's no orange tint to it. Very clear. Yeah. Looks like a pretty beer. Decently sessionable at oh, five. The head on this one is very tight. It looks like uh, shaving cream. Oh, I don't have as much as you do. Uh, five uh, percent alcohol by volume on this, and the original gravity 11.5. It's a seasonal, seasonal beer. So should be available now. It's a summer. Let's see. I got anything other on here? Talking about playing homage to a thousand year tradition in Germany. Easy to drink, hard to forget. <laughs> we'll be the judge of that. Thank you. Um, a little more, a little more malty, a little more caramel notes on on the mm-hmm. on the aroma. Still maintaining a. a kind of biscuity thing but yeah there's a it, it, it it's a little more dark. toasty yeah. right yeah, toasty. Yeah, it's a little more toasty on it, it smells good hops aren't standing out like the last one but they're there may be a little there have to get in the flavor to really tell considerably less hoppy in terms of overall presence they're letting them all mm-hmm take a lot more control which is which is fine i mean the coal shouldn't be hoppy yeah it it also shouldn't be so caramelly though you yeah, know i'm drinking little... this and it doesn't remind me of a kolsch so it's 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 more of a amber lager almost now i'm a couple sips in it's starting to taste a little bit hoppier but it's still it's reminding me of a I think of a good example here. I wouldn't go amber lager though. Yeah. I would almost, I would almost say like amber ale or something like that. Well, it is an ale yeast, right? It's a kolsch, right. but it definitely tastes like, you know, your uh, run of the mill is not the right word, but it just tastes like a common American amber. You I know, know it has. It, amber. it still has that lagerish bite. You think? I I think so. I mean, kolsches are. Um, they're made with ale yeast. Their lager is made with ale yeast, so you get a little bit of the fruitiness, mm-hmm. but you're also they're they're lagered. They're they're cold brewed, right? Um, cold condition. Cold condition. There's hmm. It, it, it sort of it's sort of the flip side of the California Commons, mm-hmm. which is right. an an ale brewed with lager yeast. Right. Right. Log, well, yeah, it's brewed at ale temperatures. It's brewed at ale temperatures. Yep. I like it. It it just if you're if you're looking for you know a classic Kolsch, this is very much not it. It's it's a lot sweeter. It's not as dry as a Kolsch normally is. 
um, you're not going to get the same. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the Kolsch satisfaction if you're looking for one to drink this. But other than that, it's a fine beer. No complaints. It yeah, tastes it's, clean. It's clean. It's, a, it's an easy drinker. No, oh, definitely. Sessionable roughly at five. I mean, you don't want to get too many of these, but still. Yeah. No, but certainly an easy drinker. Um, summertime, friends outside. Yeah, I could, I could see having a sixer of this passing around or even more, you know, a case of it even. Mm-hmm. It's a nice, nice drinker. Well, we, if you're wondering, we are going through these rather fast because we have a lot to do. Uh, so we're not we're not finishing them. We're taking each of us about a quarter of the bottle. Yeah, we're only pouring what about three ounces each. Mm-hmm. Going through them pretty quickly here. Uh, do you want to go on to the shandy next? Because that's probably. Yeah, I was just going to see what other styles we had here. I think the shandy is the next lightest one. Yep. So Saranac sent us a shandy. This is lager and lemonade. So. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this actually at Saver. Uh, if if it were <laughs> five years ago, we wouldn't drink this. We would be adamant about no. We're drinking beer, not some beer concoction. I don't know. When I was in on my way to India, and when I was in Germany, I you know I was at one of the menus at one of the shops had a Radler, and I'm like, oh, I gotta try a Radler, mm. you know. So I'm not sure I would have said no to a Shandy either. I mean, it's the same thing. May, yeah, but I, I just I think that as we have enjoyed, there might have been a there might have been a phase. Yeah, but as soon as you get into the, I want to try whatever it is, no matter what it is. And okay, so if I was trying Anheuser Busch's Shock Top Shandy, no, I wouldn't have tried it. But you go into a German restaurant and they have a Rattler on the menu. That's traditional. Yeah, so You're going to try it. Yeah, so. but so I'm actually much. You know, you know, much more okay with the idea is because I think that I'm not stuck in, in that mindset of everything has to be, you know, done in particular styles and, and has to, you know, conform to certain things. It's really about what can you do? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what matters. So I'm very interested in trying all types of different things. I, I'd be really interested in trying, for instance, a craft Clamato. I would love to see what that's like. Yeah, not <laughs> right, right. Not whatever they had, you know, the, the Budweiser was putting out, but like an actual, the real stuff. You know, and there's other beer cocktails that I've enjoyed. You know, orange juice and pilsner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. You know, there's and there's some other ones as well. All right, so this one is an as a very light straw, very clear, thin wispy head. Okay, so it is made with North American pale malt with lemon juice added. I don't see anything about their hops. Hmm. Smell when you smell it. You smell lemon. You smell nice fresh lemon too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't doesn't smell like medicinal or or. I'm I'm sure they didn't squeeze lemons directly into there, so they must have gotten a source of right. of, of lemon juice. But it doesn't smell like that processed lemon juice mm-hmm. that comes in those plastic right. lemons. Yeah. No, and then you get onto the flavor. Say, they say we make actual lemonade with real lemon juice, sugar, and water, and mix it with traditional light lager. So, probably after it's filtered, you know, so the sugar mm-hmm. doesn't get fermented. Right, right. Because it's pretty sweet. Take a sip of this thing, and it does taste lemonadey. I mean, definitely. They 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 use clarified lemon juice to achieve a clear like they clarify it. Okay. It's like a carbonated lemonade. Yeah. A little beery. Sweet. It's pretty sweet. And I like I'm it. Not, I don't hate it. I like it. I'm not against overly sweet. I mean the kombucha is pretty sweet too, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. this just doesn't this feels a little overly sweet to me. It feels a little candy like. Um You might need more than a few ounces. You know, they yeah. actually sent us a couple of these and so I've had a bottle or two now, so I've gotten my head around it. The first couple of sips is like, oh yeah, that's candy sweet. But after you get a little bit more, I got my head around it. So, I mean, it tastes not. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's jo- it's lemon Jolly Rancher like mm-hmm. it doesn't have that big sourness to it. But there's there's a characteristic sweetness there that I think is a little much, especially after I've had a couple beers that were much more balanced. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't I don't think this one is is hitting the right chords with me. Well, good thing you only have three ounces of it. Four point two percent, so it's reasonably sessionable, right? I will say this though: there's a refreshing bit to it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. that lemon bring brings across like a mmm, sort of a you know just a lemonade quality that that there's a reason why people kids sell lemonade on the side of the road. All right, so now we're going to go back to Dominions. They have a, a variety pack out right now called their Pinup Pack, and it has uh, artwork of like World War Two style illustration pinups. Actually, one of these is called Double D Double IPA, <laughs> and she's wearing a bomber jacket, and you know, covering up her bombers. And uh, <laughs> and then we got um, who's this? This is Morning Glory Espresso Stout. She's wearing a very low cut army uniform and then this one is Gigi's farmhouse ale what do you think it's Gigi's or Gigi I would say Gigi Gigi's kind of hard to say bad marketing and she's wearing a flannel and she has her hair tied back she's almost like the Rosie the Riveter type (laughs) type person alright so Gigi or Gigi I don't know it's, it's it's a gif versus jif thing, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Bottle I condi- still don't agree with that. <laughs> Bottle conditioned Belgian influenced farmhouse ale using pilsner oat and torrefied wheat malts, and they use Bravo Select and Cascade hops, and they add some spice that they are not necessarily telling me. Seven point two percent alcohol by volume, eighteen IBUs. Since we're uh, only pouring like three on samples, we're using our 2011 Saber glasses, which are these little white wine-ish type glasses. Right, right. But they are the Spiegelau, and uh, you know the kind of gla- you know glasses we like. Yep, they sound a little flat when you hold them with beer in them. Yeah. Uh, they okay. So th- this is more golden. I mean, I, gu- I guess to me, you might say it's sort of copper, but copper gets more reddish if you ask me. So this is like what I consider to be golden. So that that's yeah, see, this is too orange for golden for me. The last one was golden. This one is beyond. This one's okay. This one's a bronze. Bronze works too. The aroma just knocks you off your Ooh, seat because yeah. we haven't had anything too. We're used to we're pretty used to these delicate beers. You stick your nose in this one, and it's it's not a funky sour mess, but it's a spicy blast that you know you're not used to when you stick your nose in the glass in there's, this flight order. There's, I mean, that I want to I want to specifically point out and say that it's not a bad thing that the others lacked compl- lacked a certain complexity because they weren't going for that. That wasn't that's why I said delicate, yeah, delicate instead yeah. of boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that wasn't th- th- this has though a, a considerable complexity on the nose. So there's there's definitely something coming out here that's um, more interesting. So there's that spice, there's a peppery spice. Yeah, the pepper. it, it, it might be grains of paradise. It might be some cardamom. It's. I would, you know, do you have anything to add? I, I'm, I'm just I, kind I of, I'm, try, is I'm trying to pull. guide people in, and, you know, I'm kind of thinking of you know, that angle. I'm not sure if I could pull anything else. Though. I think cardamom is a good pull. I don't know about Grains of Paradise. That it, it seems I'll like that would from be... the spiciness, because cardamom doesn't really have a pepper character to it. But, as, but it, it can have that similar earthiness, and whereas alligator pepper, I think there's a little bit of a lemoniness that comes through that's not mm. coming through here. But we'll see how what it yeah, tastes. Yeah, like. nice, nice aroma. Lots, lots to really sniff. Not, a, not a lot of overt farmhouse or leathery character well, in the aroma. Not overt. Farmhouse I mean, ale doesn't mean yeah, no, it doesn't. Wild yeah. beer, right, right. So, but uh, just want to point that out. Mm-hmm. You know, in case you're thinking, oh, it's going to be a big Brett fest. No, not really. Spice carries through to the flavor. I think cardamom is is a a good call. It's really potent. It more or less washes out almost everything else. It's kind of overly potent, right? It's just, it's like, "Mm, okay, this is, you're drinking a lot of cardamom in a beer. Now, cardamom's an expensive spice, so if you really Mm -hmm. like it, it's probably a cheap way to get it. But I, I think that 
unfortunately it it drowns out some of the subtleties that the other mm-hmm. stuff would bring in. It's not as superbly balanced as it could be. Well, while we're working our way through this, maybe with some time, yeah, we'll pick up more good, things. Good Let's talk about Savor a little bit. Mm, ah, yes. So we just got back from Savor this past weekend. It was in New York City this year. It was quite the marathon for us because the Brewers Association decided, you know, let's 12, 12 salons just isn't enough. Let's add a few more. Let's make it 24 salons. <laughs> so we had to order more recording gear. There was four simultaneous salons. We had to, you know, monitor recordings and whatnot. The setup this year made it easier to get in and out to monitor recordings and yes. whatnot, so that was good. We talked a little bit about the things we did outside of the Saver event in the pre-show. If you want to hear what we did in New York City, go back and listen to the pre-show. Let's just talk about the event. Overall impressions. I, I've i always had something, some critical feedback for the Brewers Association. You know, Paul and Julia were like, were surprised. They were shocked when I said, I can't think of anything. Actually, I did think of one thing. There were a couple salons on Friday night that didn't have food pairings. Mm. They were just lectures. Well, no, they, I, but but there was... Th- well, there was beer there, right? But there wasn't food, which was very odd. It wasn't necessarily odd. I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, for example, I went to uh, the uh, Tommy Author... The Tommy Author one, the one that was about blending sour beers. And there was no food there, because it was about blending sour beers, and that was the, the right. specific point of it. So That's a point. I mean, yeah, and the other one didn't have food that I specifically remember. I think there's one other that I can't recall exactly what it was. Was the logger talk from Devil's Backbone. Yeah. Now, I mean, there, there, there's a point to it, which is there, there's sort of an educational aspect, and you're getting to, to talk to the brewers yeah. and, and listen to the brewers themselves, uh, give I, a little bit a, of a talk. And okay. it's just a good, it's a good spot to do good it. Good point. I don't want to dwell on that too much. Everything else... It was so well done. The well for us, the sound guys were so helpful. Yeah, compared to previous years. So there was four different sound people, and they all did it differently. And and two of the people like ran us through separate compressors, so the sound is like better than we've ever done before because <laughs> there's no yelling in the mics, you know, causing clipping and things like that. Um, so the sound guys were super helpful. Um, the caterers. We're on point. We're on point, yeah. Yeah, and and the food was pretty fantastic, too. It was... There were smaller bites than some... Than, like, last year's Saber, I uh-huh. think. But, man, some of those you'd go back for more and more and more. Just like, yeah. man, like, that 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 uh, Indian soup. That uh-huh. oh yeah. Oh, the, the brewers, they brought their A-game. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing I noticed different. You know, brewers are learning that they can't just bring their flagships and their variety packs. They need to bring their rare, their barrels or sour. Yeah. The beer lineup was just bonkers. It was fantastic. There was... Yeah, you, you didn't see much in the way of, oh, this is just our flagship IPA or something like that. There was... This is some experimental thing we're working on, or this is something really cool, or this is... Yeah, I mean... I can only think of like one or two or three tables where they just had brought their normal stuff. And uh, some of the smaller breweries. A couple of smaller ones. Yeah. I mean, like 21st Amendment had some normal stuff. They brought their watermelon wheat in their lower de boom. But their lower de boom is a barley wine packaged in, you know, a little eight ounce can. Yeah, so yeah. there's still some some neatness there. You know, they, so they didn't bring anything special just for savor, but, you know, it's still good beer. But, like, there was a couple of small breweries, like, out of Virginia or something that just brought their Hellas, <laughs> you know, and they didn't yeah. they didn't have a very big crowd. But, but that's all they could do. They don't they don't have the capacity to do, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do a barrel-aged sour uh, espresso lager yeah. with, uh, with blue cheese. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's only so much you could do. But... Even, you know, the thing that I've always loved about Saver, I've always said that Saver is the best of, of all these beer festivals that I've been to because the people behind the counter are the people who work at the brewery. They're either the brewer themselves or people who... Yeah, I mean, they definitely work at the brewery. Almost all the time, they're the brewer or the owner. Yeah. And that's just, for someone like us, for anyone who wants to just have a chat with someone who knows the... Story behind the beer, it's fantastic, and they're completely open. No, they're it's a very, very casual 
sort of atmosphere. They're not just like, you know, no move. We need to get this done. It's just Hey, you want to talk about the beer? Let's mm-hmm. talk about the beer, and they yeah. will do it not just to us. You know, we have these we have these nice VIP passes, which are great. But <laughs> they no, they would do that to anybody, and they're they're more than willing to talk to anybody who's there about these beers and about what they do and any any topic you can think of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the best festival I've experienced. I, you know, like I said, the only thing I can think of is, you know, what, a salon without food? You know, if I was paying a ticket and I picked that salon, it'd be nice to have a little snack to go with the the talk and the beer. <laughs> but, I mean, it is savor. Every other salon had food. But I Not get what everyone, you're but it's I an educational opportunity. And yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, And, and I that that I would totally recommend. I mean... Having, bring pretzels and peanuts or something. <laughs> having those beers in front, having those beers in front of you, you also didn't want anything to. What was the uh, best salon that you sat in on? Um, Tommy Arthur's one. Because I sat in on three. Okay. And yeah, I'd say the Tommy Arthur one was the best because I totally recommend people listen to it. I I think it would be as good without having the taste. I mean, having the being able to experiment and do that thing was right. was really cool. But it was still cool to get an idea of how they. Right. Deal with with that sort of thing and blending. The one that I thought was the, the most best it, food was in was the New Orleans one. That was oh, Cajun one. Oh god, that was so good. <laughs> okay, so there was one that I sat in on, came in late, and I couldn't leave because the talk was so fascinating. It was the Sla- Schlafly one. Mm-hmm. They were talking about their barrel aging program, but for a long, very long portion of the talk, it was about clean barrels not the funky barrels, mm-hmm. and keeping the barrels clean and doing tasting panels and, and doing Petri dishes and slides and stuff and finding bugs and saying this one tests positive. And, and you know, they like how talking about how they keg off their positive testing beer and they bottle their clean beer and, and all this stuff. Um, uh, oh, the uh, brewer is... Um, we have the saver thing right there. Yeah, yeah, I know. I see. I thought his name was Stan, but it wasn't Stan. I called him Stan. He didn't care that I called him Stan. Start with the. <laughs> uh, I don't want to find too, waste too much time finding it. If, if I had a complaint about the salons themselves, the only thing I would say is that there it, it was a slightly less intimate atmosphere than it was in. Uh, in DC because the rooms weren't quite as small. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a little bit more daunting to like ask a question. But uh, yeah, you told me that and I, I agree. It wasn't as intimate. It wasn't to the point where it was a impersonal problem right. though. Right. right? So right. it was kind of the in between where it was maybe maximized, right? They were getting the most they could without mm-hmm. ruining that. So, So getting back to this Gigi or Gigi, what is it, GIF or JIF? What do you want? I like GIF, but for me it's Gigi for this, but I like GIF for the yeah, I like graphics too. interchange format. Just, you know, take uh, GAF right. and GOF and GIF. Mm-hmm. And it's not graphics, it's graphics. Right. So, yep. GIF. So close to finding this lawn. So talk about the beer. Give me one more second here. Oh, here's oh Dan. His name is Dan Cotman. I was calling him Stan because <laughs> I misheard when they introduced him. But yeah, I couldn't leave that salon. It was a fantastic talk, and um, you guys might have seen the tweet where I actually used the f word on the tweet about how good that beer was. You know, basically it's an exclamation point, right? I I don't. It it it's some serious shit when I use the f word. <laughs> <laughs> my mouth was agape. Oh. My mom's gonna see it on my Facebook, so mm. you know it's real serious. I think we yeah we try not to use the f word on the main show. I think two fifty one if one or two may have slipped through. We were pretty. That's because wasted. it was yeah. McKellar from Bozen beer. Yeah. Oh <laughs> boy, was that good. You need to hang up your VIP passes on I your I do. I need that to my wall trophy. of... Um, I'll tweet the picture of all the, the press pass wall, just so you know what Greg's talking about. <clears throat> you want to say anything about Gigi or no? I, you know, I've, 
I like it. I the more I drink of it, the more it's like it, it, it it's a pleasing beer. It's just it's it's less complicated than I would have wanted. You know, I I, I like what's going on here. I kind of like the cardamom stuff that's happening, but it's just it's it's not. I I would appreciate more. I don't know more more storytelling. More yeah, more storytelling. Cardamom really commandeers the vessel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hijacked the plane, and you get a little bit of some phenols from the Belgian yeast. It's a little peppery from that. Maybe that's where the peppery came from early yeah. on. You're tasting it more. You're getting more of a yeasty pepper now. It'd be nice if there was maybe some wheat character to it, you know, that were standing out or something like that. You know, something made it a little more saisonny and not just this cardamom bomb. But it's definitely drinkable. Mm-hmm. And it goes down easy. And, and you know, I, I, I did want to drink more of it. So... Well, I think... You wanted to drink more of it. I, you know, filled up my glass again because I felt I needed more Mm -hmm. to get into it, right? Not that it was a struggle to get into it, but it was just one of those beers where three ounces, you can't, you can't really judge three ounces of a spice beer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's hard to, to fully understand and appreciate. And so we both got half the bottle this time and I, I, you know, it's, it's good it's not fantastic. It's not the best farmhouse you'll ever get. It, you know, it, there are other farmhouse. If, if you want something that's more distinctively farmhouse, then there are other ones out there. But. Were, were you around when Julia Hers from the Brewers Association said she uses our show to study for her Master Cicerone exam? No. <laughs> she she uses it to 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 get adjectives, descriptors, you know, that whole vocabulary thing and whatnot. I'm like, it, it put me aback, you know? That um, well, thank you, Julia. I'm it, honored. It it put me aback. Like, did you pass? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> because I'm not sure you'd pass if you used our. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of of passing, why don't you turn up the uh, the audio? This is what we you missed last time. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't piped in. <laughs> so we have to do our little commercial thing. Uh, if you want to support Craft Beer Radio, the best way to support us, the most easiest way and uh, and simplest way, is to go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon and just do whatever you're going to do buying Amazon. Buy a little, buy a lot, buy one expensive thing, a lot of cheap things, doesn't matter. We get a cut of what you spend at Amazon. And you don't spend any extra. So, nope. yeah. And you support the podcast buying things you'd already buy. If you have disposable income that you want to just put in our pockets, you can send us a donation. If you go to the website and there's a donate tab, you can sub- donate us money through PayPal. There, We have these recurring subscriptions. That's where I stumbled last time where I couldn't say the word subscription, I think. <laughs> it just came back to me. Uh, it's kind of like a sustaining membership for public radio, right? PayPal will debit your account every month or once a year, whichever you pick. And you can do as little as $2 a month. You can do $12 a year. And there's several tiers going all the way up to spending us, sending us much more money than you really should. Yeah. Um, but on, if don't, you, go, don't go crazy. If you want to do the top <laughs> tier, we're not going to stop you. Uh, there's other things. If you're looking for website hosting, you'll find a link on our site for bluehost.com. We like them. And uh, if you're looking for homebrew supplies, there's a referral link on our website for Midwest Homebrewing Supplies. And that's pretty much it. Thank you for supporting us. And... Uh Let's get on with the show. If you want to hear more about what people buy on Amazon, tune into the post show for Amazon Anonymous. Oh, yes. It's a little Spanish. Okay. So we are on to... Okay, so now we're getting into more... More ale type stuff. More extreme! So should we start with the session? Yeah. Yeah. No, more extreme. So we got all IPAs and coffee stouts next. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so this is Saranac's, uh They call it on on their label the Session Ale. On the on the neck label, they call it their Legacy IPA. And on the website, is called the Session IPA. Uh, I'm going to say they they were talking about how that's it's part of the 12 beers of summer 2012. I guess they may have changed some of the labeling and stuff for the 2013 package. This is an IPA at 4.7%, so nice and sessionable. 
North American Two Row, UK Maris Otter, Malps, Centennial Amarillo, and HBC Three Four. You know, I just hops. realized something. There's one more Saranac beer we could do at the end. Is that a Saver collaboration beer? Saranac contributed to that. I would not be opposed to that. We haven't had that yet. No. Okay. Steady. Yeah. So they call this color a light golden, and uh, it's more strawish to me. He but. is rough on the gold tonight. <laughs> Speaking of gold, here's a question for you to ponder. Yes. How much gold has been mined in the entirety of human existence? I think I've seen this, and I think it's like about an Olympic swimming pool's worth. It's it's okay. not much. So I was going to say like the Pyramid of Giza, the Empire State Building, the Beijing Olympic Stadium, or two Olympic swimming pools. Yeah. And your answer is? Yeah, two Olympic swimming pools. Yeah. It's not... A lot of gold. <laughs> and well, the reason why you can do that is because gold, you can get down to almost monoatomic in terms of, of uh, a foil or something like that. So you can really do a lot with very little bit. It just stuns me. You think about like the Aztecs and how much gold they have. At least what you think you remember from Indiana Jones and how much gold they had. <laughs> so anyway, back to Session Ale slash Legacy IPA slash... Four point three percent alcohol by volume. Eleven point three is the original gravity. Thirty IBUs. How do you do an IPA at less than five? Let's see. Doesn't smell what you think of when you think IPA, right? You don't smell a big days. hopsy, big blast of either American or or even sort of a funkier kind of like Amarillo or or something like that hop. It's malty. Little little bready, little bread crust, wonder white bread crust. It's kind of the aroma. Mm-hmm. Maybe a touch of like EKG, you know, like an English hop. But but may just maybe I'm not sure. The um, you know what? There's there's a smell there. There's an aroma of. You know when you have a when you have a pizza and and there's a slightly burned cheese mm-hmm. on, on the edge of the crust. Okay, a little bit of a smell of that. Hmm. I love me some burned cheese. I love the the burned cheese on the edge of a grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite. So on the flavor, it does taste like a low alcohol. More bitter beer, right? You're getting some some malt, getting a fair amount of bitterness to it. Kind of a mix between citrus and floral, maybe a little bit of um, grapefruit peel. I'm getting. I'm thinking peel, not quite orange peel, but more mm. of a grapefruit peel. I got more on the second sip, so maybe I'll take another one. It does taste like a co- a throwback beer. It tastes like a craft beer from. You know, five, ten years ago. And why does it, why do I say that? Let me try to describe why I say that. I'm in a tough time here because this is not typical. Now, I'm not getting a lot of hops here. They're there, but the malt is dominating. But at the same time, the malt is not in sort of traditional style. There, there's things I'm getting like there's dust of a potato. Mm-hmm. There's um, maybe a little bit of avocado. So you say the mops aren't um, the mops, the, the hops. I'm gonna that, that's it. The new beer breakthrough. I'm gonna combine mops. malt and hops into the same plant. I'm gonna call it mops. <laughs> All right. So. My genetic experiment is complete. <laughs> Bring forth the mops. <laughs> All right. Um, you said the hops aren't. What did you say? You said the hops aren't. Hops aren't as readily apparent. As readily apparent. I can't remember yeah. which degree yeah. you said. Um, I find the bitterness is is pretty forward in this. You know, there's a. It like goes it's away quickly. Up but with the malt, it, it, it's it's not making the malt overly sweet, but it's not like it's not a bitter bomb. It's only thirty IBUs anyway, and it's not. I'm not feeling like a, a that, that bitter blast you can get on your well, tongue. It tastes like one of those bitter session beers, which is what it is. But the the ratio of Bitterness to maltiness, like if I didn't know, well, if you told me, if you told me it was 30 IBUs, I would say the ABV was 
Mm-hmm. Right? It just it tastes like a small little beer with a fair amount of hops to it and, and sessionable. It, no complaints. But I'm surprised it has the malt that it does have and the bitterness that it does have and the bitterness only weighs in at 30 IBU. If you told me that this, what is it? What's the ABV on this beer? 4.7. If you told me 4.7, I would say this is a, a 55 IBU beer. So the hops are, to me, the bitterness is really apparent for the size of the beer. Okay. It's not as apparent to me. Uh, I mean, I can taste them there and, and they're doing nice things to the malt. But but the malt is it, it's what's really interesting me here. And, and, and the flavors that are coming out are, like I said, I mean, like potato skin or something like that. There's, there's this really different quality to it that you know it's not bready it's not briskety it's more it's not, but it's not vegetable is not the right word but it's it's a little it's dusty almost there's a little sawdust maybe to it there's something something kind of just really unique about it that i i'm appreciating gotcha I finished mine up. I'm not going to have anything additional to say about it. Hmm. I would just be repeating what I already said anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. All right. So next beer is another Saranac. We're going to the Rye IPA. You know what? This has the same neck label, so forget about that whole legacy IPA thing. That must be on all this 125th <laughs> anniversary neck labels. So this is malted with two row and rye, hopped with Hillertau and Zotz. So it's wow, it's more of a European hopping there. It is well, you could, rye is spicy. Those hops are spicy. You know, you can kind of see a, um, a pair. You know a Maybe a, a accentuation there yeah. that's happening. Five point nine five percent alcohol by volume, original gravity fourteen. So on the aroma, it does have a little bit of that continental pilsnery type aroma, where it's a little spicy, a little, little, <laughs> it's a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. A little bit beer and a little bit more beer. The color is golden. And all right, I'll yeah, okay, I'll I'll go with you. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, this is I'll a, drop this, my defense. This is a light gold. This one, this one's less worthy than the last two that you disagreed was gold. I, but I'm just driving my defenses completely. I just, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with what you said. Super duper clear. It's pretty straw colored. Obviously, you know. obviously filtered. Hmm. It's weird because you know it's it's almost the same thing that was in the Pilsner in terms of of, of the hops, mm-hmm. but the spiciness of those hops aren't coming through as much, and I guess that's because of of the amount of malt and prob that that's going into there and and the ale yeast and all the other stuff that's going on. But mm-hmm. it's interesting; just changing a few things can. Yeah, the um, I could definitely see how an ale yeast might treat continental spicy hops a little bit differently. You're going to get more esters out of the beer, Mm -hmm. or if the Pilsner was brewed with the German lager yeast, you're not going to get those esters. So the spiciness isn't going to be muddled as much. I'm not saying, obviously, you can make ales with ale yeast with crazy amounts of hops. You just generally don't see the spicy ones, right? You don't see IPAs or double IPAs with Hallertau and and Middlefru and Zotz and things like that. Right. Some some lemony notes, some citrus notes in the aroma. And if you do, I don't think you would brew that beer with, you know, Chico yeast or something like that. You know, a big estuary, an estuary yeast. Okay, it's got an interesting bit of spicy hop going on there that is... I think trying to accentuate the rye. I think that that's mm-hmm. what they're that they're doing. Rye comes through a, a little bit spicier, a little you know less biscuity, more spicy, and um, 
kind of a little towards uh, a little towards clay like mm-hmm. in terms of, sure. of flavor. Clay's a good way to put it. I always have a hard time figuring out rye beyond spice. Yeah, I'm like I'm trying to think like there's something like in rye that is almost like oats, but it's it. It's it's a mis I mean it's it's almost misdirection because oats is so many other things that rye is not right right you know so I'm, I hesitate to even say that but there's a piece of rye that is like oats so yeah it's a slightly more earthy grain with with a added dash of spice that kind of hits you around the the back of of your tongue. It it does accentuate the rye. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether that's besides being an oddity and sort of a some, something interesting to point out. I'm not sure whether that makes for the best overall beer experience. I think that the rye is not super well integrated. I mean, it's it's highlighted, but it's just, but it, it's more like rye, 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 as yeah. opposed to being like rye in this nice melange. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think, you know, you're pairing two similar spicy things together and it's accentuating. But I almost want an interplay or a contrast. Yeah. You know, I would like something else to pull me back a different direction to kind of say, hey, you know, you get to play here and there. Where we're just in the rye playground and there's a big fence and we can't get over to the cool toys. I mean, no, that, that's fine. I mean, like lots of IPAs do that with hops, right? They're mm-hmm. like hops, 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 and they're not playing as much. They're just sort of they're shoving you into a hop barrel. And this is doing the same thing with rye. And and I can accept that. And there are people who are going to love that. But I I think that it it would it doesn't make for the best possible beer you can make. Mm-hmm. I agree. Back to Dominion. Double D. Double IPA. (laughs) We have, like I said, the girl with the leather bomber jacket and the bomber cap and thigh-high stockings and a garter belt. Yay! This should be interesting. It is Citra, Zythos, and Crystal Hops, uh, Toasted Malt, and Bravo Bittering hops and 90 IBUs, 9% alcohol by volume, pale Munich and chocolate malts as well. <laughs> Not much chocolate malt, but there must be some there. This is a uh, another bronze. Not quite copper. Beyond gold. <laughs> you put up the light and it's pretty gold. I don't know. You need to calibrate your eyes. Yeah. I have great eyes. They're better than 2020, and they're not blue, but they're close. That's just resolution. It's nothing to do with color perception. Big, hoppy, you said citra, right? I mean, it, yeah. it, it definitely has a big, fruity, juicy, tangerine-type aroma. I don't know anything about Zythos or Bravo, really, so I can't speak to those. <laughs> they sound good. They sound... Sounds extreme, but they they bring out yeah the um they bring out more tropical mm-hmm. fruity flavors things yeah, a little mango I guess yeah mango and and even like guava things like that things oh yeah yeah papaya even I didn't touch papaya very tropical now that you say that I wasn't thinking tropical but as soon as you said that like I'm like I'm a fruit basket just opened up in front of me and mm-hmm. well, it's interesting there's it's a it's it's not the brightest, you know, crisp hop aroma, but it's certainly certainly good and solid. Here. Yeah, no, it it it. Remember, it's a double IPA. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's going to smell a, a slight, slightly muddier than a regular IPA, just because it it's got so much more in mm-hmm. it, and it's got more alcohol in it, and the fuels are are giving out some stuff. So take that into account. But it's yeah, it smells. Vaguely reminiscent of like a hundred twenty minute. I, well, it, I, go there. I I'm just talking about the, the sort of the texture of the aroma, not not the aroma itself, but it it almost feels when you smell it, it almost feels like it has a substance to it. 
lots of lots of juicy fruity hop lot, lot big citrus wow, yeah. orange tangerine don't taste the tropical fruits as much but that citra just boom big citra flavor and malts back it up it's not hops and water but the hops are definitely a showcase this is a good good balance on the beer the bitterness is is coming through nice and 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 with with a sort of a tangerine kick and it's surviving to me on 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 the top of of my on the roof of my mouth and uh, a little bit on the sides and staying around with a little bit of a yeah a little bit of a bitter edge if you want the story behind Double D, her parents named her Deanie Davis. Uncle Sam assigned her to the call letters Double D. This daring Imperial IPA detonates at 90 IBUs and 9% ABV. <laughs> detonates. Detonates. Okay, what kind of stupid stories do we have in the back of the other ones? Let's see. To the French, Gigi is a woman who farms to our brewers... Gigi is a Belgian-influenced saison, 7.2. And finally, <laughs> might as well get it all in. <laughs> Loose lips sink ships, and, oh, what the heck is that? Greg's going to interpret marketing speak for me. What's that word? Coquettish glory? Okay. We'll never tell. Okay, coquettish. Yeah, I got no clue. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of morning glory, I guess it's time to to move on to that. We have a espresso. Wait, have, have we finished talking about the the double D? I mean, okay, no, I guess not. There's, I'm I'm pretty impressed by it actually. I yeah. I am I'm not a huge double IPA fan. I, I kind of feel like IPAs are good enough, and double IPAs sometimes get to the point of uh, we're just kind of we're gonna overdo it, eh, crazy, and it, it it just sort of feels like this is a more restrained double IPA. I mean, it's still well, it is nine instead of twelve percent. Right, so that's nice. Yeah, it, it it's still got those things that about double IPA that you like. But it doesn't push overboard with uh, it's, it's going to be super bitter and and you're, and then there are going to be hops coming out of your ears. It, it's it still retains a, a pretty good drinkability for a nine percent. I think citra hops is like the the blessing to double IPAs. It might be. It's ridiculously hoppy and you know loco humulone. It, it's just super drinkable. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, if you're not using citra hops, you're. I'm not going to say you're doing it wrong, but you're making your job harder than it needs to be. No, but know? I also think that citra alone doesn't no. work. Uh, you need to have. Other it's a hops. foundation, though. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's it's a foundation. It's an easy foundation for a double IPA. Yeah. Nothing wrong with taking the easier at once. Uh, you in know, a while. these beers have all been very clean, no faults. I'm, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, these, these two breweries, you know, Saranac is an old brewery, uh, FX Matt Brewing Company. Um, you know, back in the day, I either didn't have a palate to appreciate Saranac or they weren't making as good of beers. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they weren't making as good of beers because I had some comments from some other accomplished beer people. I know one was, yeah, Saranac makes like eight different bottles and puts the same beer into each one. Right. You know, things like that. Um, you know, last couple years, more than the last couple of years, it's hard to say. I can't remember how far back, but I think Saranac made a effort to make better beer, and you know, almost everything I've tasted from them recently. Let's qualify this: the on the pre-show we had their pale ale, and it was just ordinary. There really wasn't mm. much to talk about. Sure, with that, so let's not go crazy, right? But it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't awful. It wasn't terrible. It no, wasn't. It was just- uh, it wasn't a want-to-be American Pale Ale. It was yeah. just an American Pale Ale. Yeah. All right, Morning Glory. This is from Dominion Brewing as well. This is an espresso stout, 9% alcohol by volume, 35 IBUs, chocolate crystal pale smoked wheat and roasted malts. 
Bravo and Glacier hops. They like to use different kinds of hops, don't they? Huh. Big, big coffee aroma. This, you know, also isn't your pretend wannabe coffee stout. It's big coffee, and I also thought I smelled... It was so much coffee... My nose told me I smelled a pepper beer as well. It smelled peppery. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a, a kind of astringency that leads itself to that, and that comes out of out of coffee beers a lot. Yeah, it almost smelled like you know this is a coffee chipotle beer. You know that's what my nose thought at first. Now we'll see if there's any heat in the flavor. Probably not. But you know you take a sniff and your receptors are like firing on both coffee and peppers. I mean, the more I smell, the more the coffee comes through. But it does give me. Um, a bit of a is this work coffee? Because I've I've come to sort of not like so much the work coffee yeah. flavor. I mean, yeah, what you mean by that is there's okay. I mean, maybe the way I want to say this is there's coffee beers that have coffee in it for coffee's sake, right? And then there's beers that use coffee for not the coffee flavor, but the other flavors you would describe if you were tasting coffee. Right. Right. And um, those are the beers. Those are the truly good coffee beers. Let me let me take some more sniffs here. See if I would consider this a work coffee beer or a, a nuanced coffee beer. It's very potent. Very. It smells a lot like... I mean, it smells like a... a, a uh, fresh coffee out of a percolator. I'll have to get into a sip before I can make the dis- distinction on, on which kind of coffee stout this is. I'm going to go in. I'm going in. Cover me. This is not golden. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> this is this is pretty darn very, 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 very brown. Yep. But not quite black. I think it was a good coffee flavor. It's not too astri- it's not definitely not astringent in the flavor, right? right. There's a cocoa-y, there's a, a, a roasty. It's not astringent. There is a cocoa-y. Mm-hmm. That helps. There's a little coconut. Later in later in the aftertaste I'm getting coconut. Not a bad pull. No, you're right. There's a little uh yeah. Yeah, so this is not work coffee. This this is pulling the flavors out of the coffee, out of the beer, mm-hmm. which is what coffee beer should do. Instead of, you know, throwing, you know, Trucker Joe into your fermenter. <laughs> right. These locally roasted coffee beans, maybe that's part of the deal. I mean, if you over-roast your coffee beans, I mean, that, that's what work coffee is. It's really, it's burnt coffee for the most part. It's just, it, it's, it's really easy to overcook coffee. And, I mean, it works for what you want, mm-hmm. which is, you, you get, you get into work, you get some of that coffee taste, it's not great, but whatever, and you also then you get the caffeine. But, in terms of, for pure enjoyability, it doesn't, it doesn't rank up there. Mm-hmm. This has less I'm not going to say it's the perfect coffee beer. It's not. No. I mean, it, 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 but it doesn't really have some, a lot of that burnt character. No, no. It's beer. it's funny. I don't, you know, I don't taste the heat and the flavor. I just did one of those burp taste things, right? It tastes like a Chipotle beer again, you know? So it's, there's a lot of those peppery flavors, but not the capsaicin in this beer as well. I, I think it's, I, I think what you're dealing with is, I think we, t- we talked about this before, capsaicin and vanillin are very closely linked chemicals. Okay. And so there are, uh, there's not vanilla added to this as far as I know, but there are definitely vanilla mm-hmm. compounds that can come out of this sort of thing. And so you have that, you have other astringencies, and those can combine to trick your tongue into thinking it's it's a little bit capsaicin y or it's a little close to some of those flavors. But it's not hot. It doesn't have any of the mm-hmm. any any heat right, right. there. So do you two questions. Do you want to do the safer beer? My answer I I would say probably not for my answer. And do you want to rank? <laughs> There's a lot of beers on the table. Well, I want to rank because that's our shtick. Okay. Uh, do I really want to do the same beer? Probably, yeah, probably not. Probably we can save that for another okay. time. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll do this Hey Revere match. Like, we'll we'll put it on. We haven't we haven't had taste one of it yet. We didn't have mm-hmm. a, a saver. Uh, we have a couple bottles, so we're going to uh, we're going to do that probably you know next week or the week after or something like that. Sounds good. We have a lot of interesting beers in <laughs> coming up, so keep keep listening. Fridge is full, that's yeah. for sure. All right, so do you want to say anything else about Morning Glory before we go into ranking? Let's see. Uh, I mean, the coffee is 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 really strong. It, it, there's no question this is a coffee beer, mm-hmm. and, and it's meant to be a coffee beer. And it's it's pretty pretty decent for a coffee beer. I I wouldn't put it in my top five, but it, it it's pretty decent. Okay, yeah. I mean, I I think it's it's pretty good. I don't know where I would rank it, but I'm definitely enjoying it tonight in my glass. Ranking is tough because there is eight beers on the table, all different varieties. Right. Uh, you know, for these kind of things, I'm just gonna pick what you know, pull what picks my attention from the top down. Let me just get eyes on all of them here. All right, I'm ready to go. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go with. See, it's tough. Top two are both Dominion beers. Double IPA or Morning Glory. Which one do I like better? It's it's almost a tie. I won't pick the Morning Glory by a hair. All right. And then Double D. Beyond that, I am going to pick... Hmm. Hmm-hmm. It's so hard. It's so hard to say. I'm going to pick the Dominion Blonde next. To yesterday. I'm going to feel so bad to Megan at, at FX Match for doing this to her. Wait, wait, which one are you picking? The 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 Blonde Golden Pills Beach House okay. Blonde okay. Golden Pills Virginia. Okay. So top three are Dominion. From there, I'm going to say that. Um, Let's do the Session IPA, then the Rye IPA, the Shandy, the Kosh. Actually, let's see, where do I want to put GG's? Put GG's between the Shandy and the Rye IPA. So, Coffee Stout from Dominion, Double IPA from Dominion, Pills from Dominion, Session IPA from Saranac, Rye IPA from Saranac, Farmhouse oh, from oh, Dominion. Okay. Oh, no. Rye IPA is fifth. Yeah. Rye IPA and then Gigi. Yeah, then, yeah, the Farmhouse from Dominion, the Shandy from Saranac, and the Kosh from Saranac. Okay. None of the beers are bad, so we got some hard luck losers towards the end there, but... All right, Gregory, your turn. All right, let's take a look here. Now, it shouldn't be a surprise, especially with eight beers, that my rankings are going to be different. How dare you? Turning them all around so I can see the labels. Uh, frankly, I'm going to put the, the the Beach House, the Golden Pilsner, number one. I think that uh, that was kind of my most enjoyable beer, and I really liked the, 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 the hit of it and, and the way it worked. I, I'm... I, yeah, I, I like that one a lot, and cool. I, I think that was really cool and and, uh, and drinkable. Uh, let's see. I will go with the double D next. Uh, a double IPA that didn't over hit me with hit me over the head with being a double IPA. Like bam, mm-hmm. bam, double IPA. So cool on that. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Kolsch next. It, I, I know it's not quite pure Kolsch. It was really drinkable and enjoyable. Still, it was a, a it was really easy to to drink down in that, and I had I just I just enjoyed the heck out of it. So I'm gonna put that there. Hmm. I guess I'll put the espresso stout fourth, but. It wasn't fantastic. Um, 
then I'm going to put the... I guess... Yeah, it's a little tough here. We're getting into tough roads. I guess I put the Session Ale. The Session IPA. A little, a little muddled, but I, I I sort of appreciated what I was trying to do, and, and I like Session Beers. Bringing that bringing that mm-hmm. into it is cool. Gigi's next. A lot of cardamom, not really... Not really a, a, a true farmhouse in terms of the stuff that we really like, but uh, enough to 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 be interesting. Rye IPA, which I think was a little bit over rye, and that's all. And if you want a rye beer, if you're really into rye, then it's a it's a good way to to get exposed to that. Mm-hmm. And then Shandy again, I, it's just a little too sweet for me. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear over there. Greg is at CBR Greg. And as a team, we are at Craft Beer Radio. We're on Google Plus. We got Craft Beer Radio. We're on Facebook at The Craft Beer Radio. We got email beer at craftbeerradio.com. And uh, you can try telepathics. But eh. the psychics tried didn't work. <laughs> no, and, um, no, those psychics uh, did not work. You, know, you could always just walk up to us and say, "Hey, I listen to you guys." Anyway, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website, craftbeerradio.com, for more information on what that means. And uh, R.I.P. James Gandolfini. Ian Slim Whitman. Him too.